Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, this is Rebecca Levy. I'm here with Parenting Bites here in the New York studio with Andrea Smith. Hello. Tech guru extraordinaire. Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hi. And today we are doing an all odd mom out episode. So, <laughs> so in the studio with us today, I'm not even going to say like topic one, topic two, because it's all odd mom out. Um, we have Julie Rottenberg. Hi. Hi, Julie. So excited to be here. I'm so and glad you're spending the whole episode on Odd Mom Out. The whole all, episode. We're basically, it's our life stories. <laughs> it's Odd Mom Out. And Elisa Zaritsky. Hi, Hi. This is my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying to make it so you can establish who's who. Um, they are the showrunners and executive producers of Odd Mom Out. So they have all the inside scoop on everything, how the show came about, how you guys get the show to work how you come up with your show ideas, which I will tell you that I threw this out on Facebook um, yesterday, two yeah, days ago. Two days ago, I think. I said, who's watching Odd Mom Out? And oh my God, first of all, it was like a barrage of everyone like, me, I love it, I love it, I love it. And then everyone just started like putting in their favorite quotes from the show. Oh my yes. and and favorite episodes. You can ask Andrea and Rebecca, I do not <laughs> say that I like something even a little bit. I don't like it. You cannot pay me. This is the funniest show on TV oh right God. now. It is so, and it's so true. That's like even the, the worst parts are That's so true. That's incredible. You just made our, our, our day slash. We had no idea you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, that's really nice to hear. I feel yeah. like we made it. We are moms, obviously. But I feel like this was really meant to be a love letter to all moms, whether you live on the Upper East Side or New York or uh, Missouri. Um, yeah, or even non-moms yeah. as well. Um, just women, you know, struggling to fit in, find themselves we're so competitive, I think, as a gender. Um, not to, <laughs> not. I mean, it's my point of view. Um, and I think this became the perfect outlet for us to sort of explore all of those funny dark corners. And uh, <laughs> so, so can you start from the beginning? How sure. did this start? Well, let's start. Actually, can we yeah, start with what the show is about sure, for the sure, listeners sure. who maybe haven't Good watched point. it yet? Um, it's based on a real woman, Jill Kargman's life, growing up on the Upper East Side and then raising kids on the Upper East Side and feeling incredibly out of place, surrounded by this insanely wealthy, heightened version of extravagance in, in every way, shape, and form, whether it's monetary or the way you raise your kids and what you expect of them and the image you have to project. Um, and she just found it all so ridiculous um, in a very loving way, I, I will add, because she grew up there and she lives there, so it's her home. So I think for her, it's ridiculous, but it's also where she lives. So um, we found that she is so infectious. I mean, you see her as a, as a character and that's pretty close to who she is. I mean, obviously it's written, but um, she's so hilarious and has such a, a, an irreverent, honest point of view that we, we were instantly taken to it, even though we both live in Brooklyn. Um, and we literally had to be schooled on the ways of the Upper East Side. <laughs> but um, it right away made us laugh. It made us start coming up with ideas for the show. And, and, and so many stories we've had that we haven't found a home for, we felt like, oh, we could put that on, on this show. 
That makes a lot of sense. So I think, um, you know, people obviously love sort of peeking into that world. I think no matter where you live, people are fascinated, mm-hmm. which is the Real Housewives and yes, all the right. other Bravo shows that mm-hmm. are quote unquote unscripted. Yeah, um, <laughs> that are very voyeuristic. Uh, in so many ways, I think what's happened on Odd Mom Out is you, it can definitely verge on camp. It's definitely very heightened mm-hmm. reality. Um, particularly, I don't think I'm spoiling anything for people, but the pregnancy storyline and the fact that she's like a size two and there's no visible <laughs> but bump, feels huge. But feels huge is just it's exactly sort of what goes on with like yeah. God forbid you could tell you're pregnant from behind. And, and she compares right? herself right. to Christy and I almost <laughs> died. To Chris Christie, the, the governor of New we Jersey. We had so many more of those jokes we had to lose that makes me so sad. There were times she says, Oh my god, I'm Homer Simpson. <laughs> um, we had a list we had to choose. But, but that anyway. was actually I'm so I think all of us are so um, happy that people are actually getting and enjoying that joke, that ongoing (laughs) running joke, because the network was very nervous about it, and they kept kind of bringing up at different moments, maybe, right, the episode she gives birth, maybe a little pad, and we would kind of talk about it, should we, shouldn't we, and I'm just really happy we stuck to the extreme version of it and just said, no, this is how we're yeah, going gonna to play true. it. Yeah. So it's it, very gratifying. So it sounds like maybe you guys have a lot of control, um, which maybe you didn't always experience in the past. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, ding, 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 ding. we've learned. <laughs> <laughs> that was very perceptive. Yeah. How did you, um, have you been we, hiding we have in worked, our bedroom? Julie and I have worked for almost every network you can think of, including you know, cable networks and uh, regular networks and broadcast networks, yes, thank you. Regular. And uh, (laughs) old-fashioned ones. And um, coming to Bravo has just been really a pleasant surprise because they were new to scripted comedy. They were new to scripted television at all um, with, you know, Girlfriend's Guide was just being filmed as we were starting to write. Which is so good. Which is really great. And um, we... We just benefited. They were extremely open. We have this, um, our, our main executive is, le- is named Lara Spots, and she was incredibly open and uh, flexible and fun. It just, just a smart, funny person who wanted the scripts to be amusing to her. And there was just very, very little fear, I think, and that's something that we became very used to experiencing it, especially broadcast networks. A lot of fear about likability with women, um, male appeal, Mm -hmm. a lot of concern about that. And at Bravo, they were just kind of, they loved Jill, and that's, she was sort of the genesis of the show, was really, came from her. They fell in love with her voice and wanted us to capture it and with her. And so they were really wonderful. It is ironic, thinking about it now, that so many of these other networks that we worked for who have been doing this forever and are used to developing 40, 50 pilots a season um, had so much more fear, is the word Elisa used that's really accurate, around sort of afraid that they weren't going to deliver to their audience what their audience expects. And, and these networks really know their audience. Audience slash advertisers. Right. Oh, right. Exactly. Right. That's important. Um, so I do have a question, though. Do, do the, did the broadcast networks have women execs that you were dealing yeah. with? Yes. Or, so oh, okay. Okay. yes. Most of them. All Most women. Of them. That was the saddest thing, is like smart women 
who totally got what we were trying to do and felt we could not do it and fit into the, their rubric. That that the the grid they had to fill and fulfill in terms of men, in terms of the demo, in terms Focus of grouping. Middle America, very wow. afraid that people in Middle America weren't going to get certain uh, references mm -hmm. or a certain sensibility. Um, and with us, it's sort of like, why hire us if not to let us do exactly what we do well, which is kind of this. <laughs> do you feel like that's even more so when you're dealing with mom and motherhood? Oh, my, that God. It just oh my God. They wouldn't let us have the word mom. We were amazed they would oh, allow yeah. the word mom or mother in the title. We, we had oh. a pilot we did for CBS, and we had a thousand titles any title that even suggested anything female or feminine or motherhood. Now this was, was I, like I, it's, it's, it's ironic because now CBS has that show, Mom. 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 <laughs> right. So maybe the combination of Anna Ferris and you know maybe there Chuck were other Lurie. and Chuck Lorre kind of yeah. broke through a lot of male. And it's but like a sarcastic mom too. Right. That show, exactly. like these are the most yes. messed up moms imaginable. Right. Yes. Right. Alcohol recovery right. <laughs> yeah. and her pregnant daughter. But we uh, two years ago we developed. Uh, a pilot and shot a pilot um, for CBS and that was adapted from an Israeli show called Mother's Day and we and Mother's Day really focuses the original really focuses almost exclusively on the women so we tried to do the same thing an American version of it and we set ours in Brooklyn and the early versions of the script and the outline were about these, you know, a mom and, uh, and her single friend. And that was, you know, the main stories of the pilot were that. And as we went through the development process, it became more and more about the mom and her husband. That was the central. And the, and and the, the best friend, friend part got, like, really, really <laughs> small. And it was just, we kept going through it and going, okay, I guess we could do that. I guess we could do that. But it wasn't the original impulse for the show, and it wasn't what we were so excited to do. Which is interesting, because that's one of the best parts of the show, I think, mm -hmm. is the dynamic between Jill and her best friend. I, yeah. Well, and that's we love so I thought it was her sister, the first episode. I was, <laughs> like, I was like, wait, she's just a friend? I just yes. assumed she was so That makes us so happy, because we're, at least and I have known each other since we were nine, so writing about friendship, a good, real, true, long-lasting friendship has always been important to us and something we were trying to do and, and, and um, it was hard to find the right home for that friendship and I feel like the fact that so many people have responded to that friendship is so gratifying especially because as Elisa mentioned we literally had to like take it out pluck it from other shows because they felt that that would be the weakest part of oh, the Oh, the men show. tune out as soon as yes. the best friend and the mom Don't, are talking. Right. They just... The men the die dial literally down. They refer so to who the cares dial. about so, the men? Can I just ask? Well, like, this really? Is what, this is, <laughs> like, especially this is what was so dogging. I mean, it was like if women are supposed to be spending all the money, I mean, that in, uh, isn't that a fact that yes. women are the purchasers of right. the household? So Purchase decision makers. Why? So then that's a mystery. I don't well, know. My I understanding mean, is they might purchase the little things, but it's the men who buy the big ticket mm, items. They buy the, the cars, cars. No, they buy the stereos. Not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. But it's still usually the wife who has the biggest say, which is interesting. When you look at that market mm -hmm. data, that, um, and we would also say that older kids also have a very big say in those purchases. Mm -hmm. 
exist, right. believe now, it or not, oh, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. especially technology. More more. Yeah. But they're also yeah. just not giving the men enough credit. I mean, funny is funny. Good is good. Right. right. Amy Schumer showing that. A lot of, a lot of men to this show. I mean, we're we're so surprised and happy by, so, you know, we're hearing from so many women who are watching it with their boyfriends or husbands. And but thank you. It. I agree. It's like, how many men do we know who loved Sex in the City? And maybe they were later to the party. But I feel like that what you just said is true. A, give men more credit. B, what's funny is funny. And I feel like in a way, when we stopped worrying about appealing mm-hmm. to men, I feel like we made a show that actually appeals to men. Whereas before, it <laughs> yes. was like, how many pages do you have with the male character? It felt like a tax we had to pay right. to do the scenes we wanted to do. Right. You know, it's really <laughs> interesting you say that because I actually think that men feel even more pressure in that world where there's so mm-hmm. such extreme wealth Mm, and there's so much keeping up to Jones, and a lot of times yeah. it's on the men that's to, true. to deliver that. Yeah. I know when my husband and I went to our first um, preschool orientation, which mm-hmm. is like such an absurd yes. New York thing, wow. Wow. Um, we felt wow. like we were 12 because all the dads were, I mean, it sounds so awful to say it, but so many of them were like 50s, 60s, and mm. we were like, mm. oh. <laughs> oh <okay. laughs> but I felt like, yeah, we're like, we shouldn't be here. And he especially <gasps> felt like, you know, these are people who are like done in their careers. Maybe huh. some had even retired. They <laughs> were on like their second, second or family. Third life. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. And it was such a weird New York really moment amazing. of seeing all this sea of gray hair, you know, yeah, and kind of walking in there as you know, being 33 and not 53 right. was like a weird thing. But he felt it way more than I did. Are you just bragging about how young you were when you had children? <laughs> I was so young. I say it all the time. I'm a oh child gosh, bride. Really? Wow. I was only young okay. for New York. Yeah. <laughs> I was 30. I was not young. Okay. Yeah, that's I was just young for New York. I think that's the perfect age. <laughs> if, I could, if I could have for gone back yeah. in time and like chosen, met my husband at the right time, I think 30 is... Yeah. Well, I didn't plan on having two kids. at once, so no, it sort of took one. care of that. Yeah. Then was like, <laughs> and that was brilliant. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Thank but you. I just Thank want to point Mother out, Major. when we were 30, we were hired on Sex and the City. That's true. So, no. And yeah. that, let me it tell you, when I was 30, I was wishing no. I was hired on Sex and the City, so yeah. and not <laughs> pregnant with twins. <laughs> so there you go. I was just, this is such a sidebar, but um, do you realize that Roger Federer, having just come off of Wimbledon, has two sets of twins? Oh, my. No. He has girl twins. And no stretch marks. And boy twins. Wow. That was always my fear, which is why I didn't have another set. (laughs) I didn't get pregnant again. But aside from all that, yeah, that's something you guys haven't tackled yet, is like the crazy amount of multiples in this city, which is... Well, Jill Weber has multiples. Oh, does she? I mean, in in the show, Dottie and Miles are twins, so maybe we'll... Yeah, Come that more yes. if it's, we get it another th- season. That's some bananas thing. That the amount of twins in this city is crazy. It and is. triplets. That's true. My daughters yeah, have triplets. two sets of triplets in their grade and like five sets of twins. Like it's like a crazy thing. Yeah, it's it, that is that's a great area. You can mine that. Um, um, but well, I we think do have the best fertility doctors here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and it never ends. You can have kids yes. until like your sixties in New York, I think. But um, it is an interesting. There's a lot that gets brought up on the show that really is not. It feels New York specific, but it's really not. I think those ideas of sort of keeping up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. even though the Joneses happen to be, you know, yes. multi-bazillionaires, is everywhere. Yeah, everyone has a yardstick. Wherever you are, there is a yardstick. Uh, you know, Jill always says, no matter what town you're in, and, and even if you're in a really small town especially, mm. you know the person with the biggest house is the person who, everyone knows who that person is, and that family who's sort of ruling over everyone else. So it is, a, I think, extremely relatable feeling wherever yeah. you are. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to dive into some of the topics that have been 
dealt with on the show um, that are really real. <laughs> so we'll be right back. Talk about that. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, we're back. <laughs> All right, so we're back. We're going to dive in. Exhausting break. Crazy. It's so informative. <laughs> That's all our breaks. If only we should do like a behind the scenes episode one day where we'll, we'll periscope. That should be our whole podcast, right? Yeah. Funny. All breaks, all the time. So, you guys, um, I think one of the episodes that really resonated with everybody when they talked about it on Facebook, we had a couple things. One was the mom friend episode mm. because that is so, even if you don't feel like a fish out of water, even if that is so intimidating yeah. and it's so hard to sort of find your people when you're a grown up in general, yeah. but definitely as a mom because you also, you have kids and then you're yeah. judging each other's kids. It's, and you're <laughs> so parenting. They're yes. parenting. It's and like the so husbands many more or, or wives. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, the so couple friends partners. is even harder. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm so glad to hear that. That's something we've always talked about that, you know, you survive high school and college and you know who your friends are and then you have kids and it's like you're back in this awkward how to make friends stage of life and yeah. that is so, it's like infantilizing. It's true. <laughs> and it also, I've always thought mirrors dating so, oh, yeah. so closely having... I met my husband in my 30s, and so I, I had a, you know, a, a nice chunk of time where I was dating, and you're trying to read the tea leaves of every exchange, and it, it just, it sometimes it feels like, wow, we're back to wondering if our <laughs> new mom friend is going to email us back, or if we're going to go <laughs> get together again, and it's, it's just such a vulnerable and odd t- thing to happen. Does she like me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. Add to that the vulnerability you feel about is it my kid? Like mm-hmm. do they what I think she likes me, but like did the kids get along and um, or maybe she only likes my kid. <laughs> 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 right. Well that's what brought us uh, this maybe a good segue to the drop off party. Because we also oh, have talked a lot about party. just the intricacies and the politics of the drop-off party and being told this is a drop-off party or it isn't a drop-off party or am I being punished because the mom seems to want me to stay even though all the other parents aren't staying. Or um, some of the moms are staying and I'm supposed I'm to not. leave. Am yeah. I out of that right, group? Right, right. I've right. had <laughs> drop-off parties where parents wanted to stay and I was like, no, I didn't yes, plan I for you. Yes. <laughs> oh my why, God. why do you want to This be just here? happened to me. I was at a, what I thought was a drop-off party and I assumed like... Our kids are five. Like, they're fine. They were at a, you know, New York Sports Kidville, right. whatever place. <laughs> and everyone was just sort of hanging around. And I literally just re- retreated to <laughs> a corner and read a book. And I felt like that was so not okay. And I, I fear that now I will be um, labeled as, like, the unasocial yeah. mom who was reading <laughs> right. a book in the corner at a party. <laughs> That's better or they'll than just save you phone, a table right? at each party. <laughs> I always liked the parents that had the alcohol set up for oh, like that. That, 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 that actually might be the best. Actually, <laughs> yes. there was alcohol, and I totally applaud yes. that. And yeah, I, I, I 
I support it and I encourage it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say, every birthday party I've ever been to in a New York City public park has broken all of the park rules <laughs> about alcohol. That's true. I and it's never gotten that. in trouble. Okay. No, no, in a box, the wine in a box. Uh, <laughs> we're not even that crafty about it. <laughs> oh open, open container. But it is. So in that episode, you know, I totally felt for her because I remember that feeling the first time I met my really good mom friends now of like, oh my God, yes, like, I found you. I found you. And I mean, one of them literally, she, my kids were only like, you know, two mornings a week or whatever when they were two. And those were the two mornings she worked. Oh. So then you also have this weird thing because you have the moms who work, mm. right? Mm. Then you have the moms who don't work but still have the nanny do drop off and pick oh, up. Right. So then you're not sure right. who works, right? And oh. then so all of a sudden we realize that like all this time we could have been hanging out, but she <laughs> was working. Just I never met her because those two mornings, oh. and we oh, met at the school funny. auction. And then I was like, "Word, that's it. We're right. done." Um, and they had another friend also that way. And it's funny, all my good mom friends I made in preschool. Not my preschool, mm-hmm. my daughter, right, when they right. were in preschool. Yeah. Because too. it was the easiest That's time. Well, because we were there for pick right. up and drop it's up. True. And then sort of everyone slowly, if they weren't working, they went back to work mm-hmm. or found something. My or preschool even had bagel time after drop off where we would all sit at the counter and eat bagels <gasps> oh, and drink coffee. Huge. It fostered That's those friendships. Really mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard nice. before school. But I it feels like moms. also during school, I mean, that's really when you get to me. I mean, we move so, so like, absolute. You know, up front right now, I am an Upper East Side girl, born Ooh, and raised. Now you mentioned Born and raised on the Upper Out East Side, and went kicking and screaming to New Jersey when my <laughs> oh son was boy. in fourth grade. Seriously, okay. had to learn so how to sorry. drive. Wow. Didn't know how to drive. Oh, okay. So really bad. Are you still um, there? Oh, I'm still there. Okay. I'm still there. So, but I found when we went to New Jersey and we started looking for friends, you know, I was like, oh my god, no one's, and I get, I'm going to get in my car all the time, and yeah. no one's ever going to talk to me. Oh. It was all through my son. It was all through Mm. picking him up, although my husband did evening pickup because we both worked in the city. But we made all these really, really good friends through my son. Mm. Um, In fact, there were two couples, families that we traveled with. Mm -hmm. We went away. We did things. Um, And now that he's older and many of our friends have moved away, we don't have the wherewithal to go meet friends. There's nowhere, unless we went to like, we're not going to go to the newcomers club anymore in the suburbs, but... You know, unless we started joining the library book group mm-hmm. or some something, yeah, there's, there's no nowhere to meet new friends. You want Is there more an actual newcomers club? <laughs> yeah, there. Oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah. A literal newcomers. There's a newcomers club. The suburbs and you, is a mysterious club. <laughs> but okay, my question to you is: Are you still very close friends with those the, those two couples or the friends the you made? People. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In fact, one of them who moved away just called me this morning. We're still very, very good mm-hmm. friends with them. Our sons are still best friends um but it was just such an interesting experience because when we first moved there and someone introduced me to some of her friends this woman said to me oh my god you're so nice i love you i love everything i love what you do but I, you know what i just don't have room for more friends in my life <gasps> oh right my now. god and i was like wow okay she literally said this to me and then she started like That's courting lovely. me you know it was before email it's and, like and i'm so not ready to she date. would call and say so we're putting together a little temple get together for women in the town do you want to come or she started kind of inviting me to things because she saw that well other people like Mm, her she must be really cool yeah it was maybe i spoke too soon right and that's that's (laughs) the definition of someone saying it's like if that were true she wouldn't have needed to say it yeah Yeah. um 
I was glad you guys had yeah. the episode where she went to Brooklyn because I have to admit that the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, she really just needs to move. Right. I'm like, why yeah, doesn't she move? Yes, no. Because <laughs> she was there first. Right? right? No, but that's a very good point. And we, we really debated in the writer's room about when that episode should come because we felt originally it was going to come a little sooner because we felt, as you did, that people were going to be saying, just get out of there. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to stay ahead of that, but we also wanted to establish the Upper East Side enough that it would be feel like a, a catharsis to go to Brooklyn. So we wound up putting in, in the fifth episode, sort of exactly in the middle of the What season. was great was that Brooklyn was like equally judgy, just mm-hmm. in a very different way. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like the judgy you know yeah, <laughs> that exactly. you can kind of deal with. Which I think... Versus drinking placenta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which, by the way, the crazy thing about the response to the Brooklyn episode I have found is so hilariously um, it just reinforces everything we were saying because I had one person who wrote I believe she wrote both of us who was like oh my god hilarious the nursing the nursing thing is crazy I, I can't believe how old people are nursing their kids she was like I mean I guess I shouldn't talk I nursed mine till he was two but still and it was like what <laughs> it wasn't um, five <laughs> <laughs> wow. it's like oh my god you're judging other people for nursing their kids and you judged your you nursed your sorry for it <laughs> you, you nursed your. yours till two Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I was out towards the end of the year before the show aired. I was having lunch with two mom friends a- after a uh, field trip, and both of them started talking about w- one of them has a two and a half year old and is still having trouble weaning the kid. And they had a whole conversation about it. And the other one had gone through the same thing. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, God, should I say that's in our show coming up? <laughs> but awkward. every conversation since, you know, leading this year leading up to the show be airing, it's constantly, you know, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. Did so you get any pushback really from people you know who felt like you you put them in there? I did have someone ask, like, are these based on any real people they, they're all based on <laughs> mostly like, real people um but the beauty as we have found writing for television as long as we have most people only see themselves in positive ways they're like <laughs> well that was me wasn't it um you know and you'd be amazed yeah. uh, don't recognize like the, the the flaws the negative that's things, so interesting do I, they think it's other people or are they like sure. oh my god yeah. was that yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Funny. yeah yeah exactly um, That's actually kind of good <laughs> yeah, because otherwise is. you'd it be happened. walking around with a paper bag on yes, your head. It like happened all when we when we wrote for Sex and the City, that happened all the time. People would think they would just project themselves onto some story that had nothing to do with them, and then we would be very nervous that someone would spot themselves and it never they, they would weird. never see themselves. It's a Rorschach. So it's like funny. a reverse Rorschach. Yes. <laughs> it's sort of like, but. It's amazing um, you guys have, like, basic sex in the city, which is, like, you know, the, I think, like, the ultimate, not just a show about relationships, but really girl friendship show or woman friendship show. And now you have this show, which is actually sort of just the mom version of that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, she's, like, finding her way, mm-hmm. um, but you have that really strong central friendship. But one of the things that's really changed between Sex and the City and now is technology. And yes. we talk about it a lot here. And I think about how Sex and the City would be totally different, right? Oh if they were God. tindering oh and, like, God. like a totally it's different 
thing. It's frightening I mean, to think about. Carrie didn't have a cell phone. That was like a. I remember her bedazzled. <laughs> and it was like this really like, would she have a cell phone? And it's like it's. You can't imagine having that conversation today right. in a writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> can't imagine her making a living writing a column anymore right. either. Right. <laughs> like, totally and, different. And, yeah, living in that apartment. Yeah. Yes. But it would be interesting to see all the texts between all of them. I mean, you know, the conversations <laughs> oh, in the restaurant were great, you know, when they would get That's together. True. But it would also be kind of interesting to see all the behind-the-scenes text messages. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you believe oh, she said God. that? Or, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons I think I'm happy we have so many phone calls between Jill and Vanessa on the show. Um, because in Sex and the City, Carrie did often talk to her friends on the phone. Yeah. And you know, women still do that a little bit less, I think, but it's it does feel it does feel like a really intimate form of communication that is that that's satisfying. I and think. also a realistic one because I mean, th- there's a bit of a rule in uh, television or film is if if you can, it's better to see the characters in mm-hmm. person in the same room and you, you get a better scene and it's more interesting to watch. But the truth is, Annalise and I can attest, like we're on the phone with each other all the time. So we wanted to maintain that kind of reality also is and, and we loved having Jill and Vanessa talk to each other whenever they can. So we decided, you know what, that's real. Let's let's this is gonna be a phone call. Let's not put them at the diner in this particular way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love that when you guys finally actually address technology, it was as like a huge technology fail, which was all the texting happening. <laughs> when 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 some of the characters decided to unplug. (laughs) So it was sort of like this downfall of being so dependent on that um, in such a crazy way. Yeah. And then (laughs) never thinking that, like, maybe there's another way to get through or deal. Well, and I don't know about you, but I have found, and I feel like this happens with us, technology works really well until it doesn't. And Mm -hmm. now that we're so dependent on it, We've had like a few things where it was like, I thought, didn't you get we my just text? Had one the other I just, day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, what? What? I, you know, it's like when it doesn't work because it's become oxygen. You're like, a couple of months ago, I was with, at Disney World with my kids, and my son and I had our phones, but our batteries ran right. out. So he wanted to go off and do something. We were like, okay, well, meet me here at this entrance at this time. And we discovered that day that we do not have the muscle that you need anymore to find each other without oh technology. Yeah. It so was true. it was it was so funny to watch it. <laughs> Wait, I thought you meant that entrance. Like we were chasing each other <laughs> around the park for like oh an hour. It's so true. I, and I'm oh panicking. God. I just brought my son to the airport yesterday. He's going. He went away to, for oh, ten days, and I'm bringing him back away. far away um, uh, to, to Israel. To oh, Israel. Um, <laughs> he went on a birthright program. Oh, I'm very excited. And he's coming home. And I, you know, I, he didn't take his phone because oh. I thought, well, if you get your phone stolen, we're screwed, right? Or so, you turn right? on data, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> he knows well enough for that. Way. And and I got him a local phone, as he calls his Jew phone. Sorry, not offensive. <laughs> <laughs> But we we talked about, okay, how am I going to pick you up at the airport? Because, you know, he's got an iPod touch for everything he needs over there under Wi-Fi. But, oh, my God, how did my mother pick me up from the airport without phones? How did we make plans? How did our moms make plans with five girlfriends to go out for dinner. Yeah. How would how and how was it like? Oh, I'm I'm standing on the wrong corner. Although my mom was on the phone so for was hours. Like our phone cord, you know, was 25 oh yeah. feet long oh yes. and twisted, yes. and like it went all <laughs> yeah. around, wrapped around, around the, the house. But the other part of it was people had to be less flaky. 
That's true. Yeah. If you that's said you were going to be true. somewhere at a certain true. time, you had to be there. I know yeah. there's a presumption that like five minutes like, late. Yeah. Twenty late. Sorry. Yeah. Right. I'm like, so baggage true. carousel too, please. My yeah. husband um, had such. He went to his uh, college reunion, like twenty year college reunion, and he had this uh, epiphany that he spent because this was pre everything. So much time in college was spent back then just looking for people. Yeah. You'd be like, hey, do you know where Jim is? <laughs> nope, haven't seen him. And then hours, you know. <laughs> that never happens anymore. Yeah. We always know no, you'd think they were dead. Oh, yeah. You'd like and immediately <laughs> go to that. And if you can't get a hold of someone, you assume that they were in a car crash. Right. Yeah. And yeah, they're right. unconscious You somewhere. assume the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's, is sad. that's I get I get sad. It's sad but great too because I know it is you know. fun. It's like we're on toys all day long. <laughs> yeah. it's no, a we're toy. all playing video like, games. It is a yeah. toy. It's really fun to touch something yeah. and have something happen. I mean, I also like Jill Kargman right now is in Europe on vacation and we are texting her just as much as we do <laughs> right. in New York and it's Okay, that's a problem. <laughs> I know, but it it's you know, it's kind it's, of nice. It's a problem, but, but it's interesting. We miss each other. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. but it also it changes. It's nice that you can do that. It changes modern motherhood, right? I mean, it changes how you're yeah. connected to your kids. It changes how you're expected to keep track mm-hmm. of each other. That's true. And I don't know. I guess in some ways it changes like all the whole FOMO thing. Like when you're seeing everyone's perfect life on Facebook and oh, their perfect yeah. life on Instagram, and that whole that whole new pressure or Pinterest, where like mm. you are not the crafty mom and you're seeing these oh, people God. making these ridiculous oh, things yeah, we on don't Pinterest. We're not Pinterest, <laughs> and you just want to yeah. like you do. You feel like you could Google something for your kid's birthday party, and all of a sudden you see all the things right. you should be making right. for them. And if you live on the Upper East Side, yeah. you hire someone to do all the Pinterest mm. things for you. <laughs> but for everybody else, yeah. There it's are, a lot of a pressure. There's a lot of crafting in Brooklyn. A lot of really crafting, lot of crafting mothers. Yeah, not in my house. I'm yeah. the person who can't do that <laughs> stuff, and my daughter is really sad because of it. I know. Oh, well. I wish I were craftier. So I want to ask about the Upper East Sideisms. <laughs> okay. okay. I love. The, I mean, I love the definition of all those words. Now, again, I mean, I'm, I don't live there now. Yes. But I certainly have friends who still live there. My mother still lives in there. the same oh. apartment. In the my mother oh. still lives in the same apartment. I, I was brought in the home Holy Grail from and the rent hospital. Control. And, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and I insisted that my son be born at Lenox Hill Hospital and drove from Brooklyn, which my doctor had a fit about because there's right. no way he was being born in Brooklyn. But anyway, back to my lovely. Upper yes. East Side. So these Upper East Sideisms, did these really come from very specific things that are known? And, and how did, do people in other parts of the country feel about those? Um, are you referring, can you give an example? Like the the, the names of certain... The like the Birkin bag? Yeah, we are, or like <laughs> there was one, Jill did a little video on um, like all the names and what they mean. What oh, little, what little I, I mean, euphemisms of, mean. Most of those I think are Jill, like she literally has her own glossary. Um, very <laughs> much that she coined. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so probably was it the, um, what's it called? The Lucky Seaman Club? Lucky Sperm Club? Oh, Lucky Sperm <laughs> yes, Club. Yes, yes. So now those are, I think, like uh, just um, inventions, right? But but so that would refer to a very lucky offspring of a usually a man billionaire, yeah. yes, but family, are, but like Donald you, Trump. But I wonder, like <laughs> the way backsack and crack wax, for example, oh. from last mm. night's episode. <laughs> Um, very technical term. I mean, <laughs> she told us all about that. I mean, that was her. But I don't know if her friends, if that's a thing that. Mm-hmm. I, I first heard that from gay men. So. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that okay. was not Upper East Siders. Okay. Um, 
So it traveled. <laughs> but it traveled the waxing circle. <laughs> but, I, but there is a language. There is yeah. a language. Yeah. I think most of it is uh, comes from her. She's she loves hilarious. playing. From, yeah. She loves yeah, people experiences. should watch those little videos yeah. on the Bravo website. They're great. I thought they were so awesome. I actually watch it on demand because I like to watch you guys. Oh, after. I like to see the like writers. Okay. Room. I like I to see you guys haven't. talking about I'm it. Scared. Oh, they're so I'm good. Scared to watch. Yeah. I saw one and like took to my bed. <laughs> oh, no, they're great. I'm so good. Everyone always feels that way about themselves, but they're really good. And um and I think that's really enjoyable. I think for people like aside from the mom part, I think seeing how a TV show comes together is really interesting mm-hmm. for people, and particularly as women, like that you guys are all together in that room and mm-hmm. seem like you're having a great time um, we together. Do. We mm-hmm. have a lot of fun, and we believe in the uh, mantra that if you have fun making a show, I think it's going to be better. Yeah, um, that makes sense. It shows probably a good sign. Shows in the show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, what are your? <laughs> since you're both moms, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is sort of your, either your big mom challenge? I mean, you're both working moms, and I assume when the show is on, like, like when you're writing, oh. it's a really long, long, long day. Yeah. And production is yeah. even worse. And you Those, film here in New York. Yes. yes. Um, Lise, yes. <laughs> where to begin? We There's the have. everyday challenge of just being a mom, which right. I just got together with a friend who I hadn't seen in about eight, two years the other day, mm. and we missed each other's lives for a while. And she's like, how is it going? And her kids are older. And I was like, I I don't think I'm very good at this whole mom thing, to, to tell you the <laughs> truth. I'm having, I just have daily, you know, being exposed to two people's unbridled emotions all the time and riding those waves and trying to manage them, it's really hard on a daily basis. And then folding in the work of the show was a whole new level of um, difficult, almost bordering on impossible, to tell you the truth. We were barely around. Um, Our husbands, thankfully, were incredible um and we have really good sitters and everything in place but um it's just it's just a really difficult um juggle i mean for everyone i think every mom has it has their own Mm -hmm. stressful juggle um but this was this was um i I don't know if i'm sure julie can add on in a more articulate way but it's oh it yeah hardly no i i we it's one of it's one of the new elements of our friendship is just sharing horror stories <laughs> of um dealing with our kids who by the way are all great and awkward healthy yeah, we love them to <laughs> we love death. them but they they make um they make our lives which are already very demanding and complicated that much more demanding and complicated. Um, this break that we've had over the summer while the show is on the air has been blissful. And yet, even then, just getting the kids off to camp this morning, I was sweating and it wasn't even <laughs> 8 a.m. And I was thinking to myself, and this is a day when I don't have to race in and be dressed and showered and, and Not to mention thanks have straight. all right. my documents ready and, and the scripts, you know, corrected. Um, and it's still, it's just hard at, at its base, um, I think, at least for me, it's parenting is really hard. Um, it's been so nice to have more time with the kids, but it's also a reminder of how incredibly 
draining it is. And, you know, both our kids are so excited about the show and they're and I would say they're proud of us yes. in their own little they're five young, and seven year old. <laughs> um, but uh and, and that's nice, and, and getting stopped on the street and being told by friends how much people love the show, I think that's exciting for them. And that's important to us, you know. I think I I want to model the idea for my daughter that I love what I do, and it's really hard, and sometimes I have to work a lot mm-hmm. more than I would like, um, but I love what I do, and I, I only hope for them that they, they have that uh, chance. I just also hope that there's a way, and I don't know what the answer is, to balance um, the joys and even the hells of being a parent with a job. Um, and we have yet to figure that out. Yeah. And by the time you do, it'll be like all grown up. You'll be like, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Believe me, I keep fantasizing about that. The day that time will come. It's just, uh, yeah. It's really, it's as hard as everyone said it was. It's a tough job. <laughs> it is. I think it's harder on the parent. I think the kids roll with things so much better than mm. we think and like pick up on things. You know, like That's they, good to hear. Well, I think they, I don't know, as a parent, I had no idea what was going on with my parents when I was right. a kid. Like if you think about your time as a kid, like I feel like my parents probably had so much stuff going on and guilt and all these things. And I was like doing my thing with my friends mm. and you know but the one thing that the kids do know is if the parents are happy or not right yeah. if they're fulfilled or not <laughs> that's true if that's what right. they'll pick up on I think you're right that's true I had so much guilt during I, and I think guilt is just a theme it's just like almost a fact of being a fact <laughs> of life right. it's an mother. underlining trait if you're a parent I, I get I work guess there. I'm say if you're a Jew no yeah. a Jewish woman <laughs> but um you know all year long when we were working we were working so hard this time last summer we were just seven days a week until late at night working and I'd be out and about with my kids on the rare times I was actually with them people would ask how work was and I would say it's so hard but I love it and I I would I felt good about that usually but then sometimes I would think gosh is that I wonder how that sounds to them that I'm like never around, but I'm loving. Right. You know, I'm <laughs> loving my work, um, and I it's it occurs to me that I'm not sure what the answer is, but um, but I agree. I, I want okay. I want to believe it's a positive model. I think it's a really great role model for your kids. I, I mean, so. you know what? Nobody wants to get up every day and go to work and hate it. And my son is starting to work now. Mm-hmm. He's graduated mm-hmm. college, and you know. I hope that we modeled that, that I loved what I did. I was a news producer. I worked till midnight or Mm -hmm. I worked on Sunday or I'm sorry, you know, Saddam Hussein's been captured. I won't be home for three days. (laughs) He got it, you know. And he had a really healthy respect for really enjoying what you do and being fulfilled. And I think that for you, the same thing. If you're happy and you say you love what you do, that's just a really great message to send to your kids. Yeah, it would have been worse if you were like, I'm working all the time. Boy, and then they're like, great, what are you doing? Why do you want to quit? We've had that experience, actually. um, It's true. And on other, you know, on other projects. And that, yeah, that feels really bad. It takes just as much time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears to make a really bad show as a really hmm. good show. Seriously. Right. I it's mean, the same time away from your family. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the yes. difference between loving it and hating it is sort of everything. I have a friend who's a social worker who said recently that our generation, uh, when we grew up, our parents thought we knew nothing. And our, us as parents, we think our kids know everything. Right. <laughs> like, or they think they know everything. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Maybe. All of yeah. the above. That definitely changes as they get older, I will say, that um, 
I don't know, we always say it's physically demanding when they're younger, but it gets more and more emotionally demanding as they get older because the problems get bigger and harder and more difficult. And they do, I think they do realize they don't know and it freaks them out and Mm. then freaks you out. Because you're like, you should just, I don't know, figure that out. Or you have, I have comebacks for certain kids when the kids say something. I'm like, oh, maybe you can't say that at 12 to that kid, but I wish you could. (laughs) (laughs) I had a good Mm -hmm. one for you. So it gets harder to, to, do that stuff. But but don't tell us that. No. (laughs) But the counter to that is the logistics get easier. Like the physical things that you have to do. Like, you know, the kids are more independent so it's not this constant neediness right. which just is such a load especially off in the city when they travel yeah. by themselves everywhere you mean oh, yeah. I won't be wiping my kids ass <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. no believe it or not there Maybe will not come a time no. <laughs> <laughs> emotionally always. yes always always <laughs> alright with that we're gonna take that note. we're gonna take another break and we'll be back with our bites of the week and Elisa and um, Julie are gonna stay and keep yeah, give their bites stay. too I know Oh, we're so excited to have you. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We are back <laughs> with our bites of the week. Amy, are you going to start? Yeah, all I right, can Amy start. Started. Okay, th- this is an emotional plea to all of you. Um, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, Harper Lee's new book <gasps> came out, and um, it's called Go Set a Watchman. And uh, you know what? Just don't read it. Or if you <laughs> wow. really can't help yourself and you have to read it, borrowed from the library so that no money is going to her estate because I think it's pretty clear she did not want it out there. She had decades to publish it and she chose not to and then all of a sudden her sister who was her protector um, and her lawyer Mm -hmm. uh, dies and then suddenly it's getting published. Suddenly she wants it out there. It's such BS. So it it really hurts me that this thing that she obviously didn't want in the world is now out there. So just don't, don't and don't tell me about it. Like also, my, stop posting pictures of Gregory Peck and saying yeah. Atticus Finch is a racist. racist. Like, uh, that, that, that <laughs> just, and that made that's me Gregory say, Peck. I do not want to read that book. No yeah. way. No. You know, you yeah. have your memories. Oh yeah, go, It really go, does good. feel like innocence shattered for yeah, everyone. Really does. Like this, yes. this monolithic. Icon. And yeah. what, whatever it was, she had her reasons. We don't know what they are, but she had her reasons. And, you know, just... She should leave it alone. To respect yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ourselves. All right. Wow. That was very emotional. I know. Amy, I'm so Um, So, like a scatterbrain mom, I forgot my gadget that I was going to bring in today. So, I actually. Um, this is radio. You could have just told us. Amy would Photoshop that picture. It's 20 years in radio, and that doesn't occur to me. But, but I, I decided to talk about something else because I want to bring it in and have you photograph it. So, it's interesting. So, while we're sitting here, you know, your phone gets all these notifications. And, um, I've been testing this new product that I thought, why would anybody want this? It's a video doorbell. And um, who wouldn't want that? Well, well you know, <laughs> I just like, thought um, I. Well, it's like an apartment building in New York where you can yeah. see who's at the door. Yeah, you can okay. see. But I guess living in the suburbs, you know, I'm great. Someone rings the doorbell and I go to the door and my, you know, I've got those big window and I can sure. see right through it and it's fine. But I've been playing with this. And of course, I noticed because it says here, someone is at your front door. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. And so now I'm showing my phone. It says someone's at my front door. And so, it, you know, it made me realize. 
for moms, you know, when you don't know if your kids are home, if you're at work and you don't know if your kids are home from school, you don't know who's home from school with them, or you don't know if you're waiting for delivery, or if you're on vacation and someone comes to the door, and maybe you don't want everyone in the whole neighborhood to know you're on vacation. Um, so this is the Ring Video Doorbell I've been playing with. Really super easy to install. We did it ourselves. And it actually lets me answer the door on my phone. So when the doorbell rings, it rings my phone, which is annoying when I'm home. <laughs> you can turn it off. Um, but I can be uh, in California and say, hi, who is it? And I get a video picture of who's at the door. They cannot see me. So if I'm just getting out of the shower, they can't see me. But who I would just you want see to them. open the door for if you well, weren't there? Yeah, well, so you, you can can't say, open the door. But you can say, oh, thanks. I'm just upstairs. Can you leave the package oh, on the front porch? Yeah. Oh exactly. Yes. Or someone okay, who's going door to door canvassing. You can say, hi, I can't. I'm on the phone right now, so I can't come open the door so right. it if makes your kids it seem like you're home yeah. exactly yeah, so you can you can there's all kinds of personalization Neat. and you can set it so um you have a motion sensor oh, if someone's on your front porch or in an apartment you know you like can put this in an apartment too. too so i, I have to say it. now that i've been playing with it for a week and i get these sort notifications of, yeah. and if i had a kid home alone or you know, maybe like your kids who always forget to text you and say, I'm oh home or I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right. You can know it without completely nagging them. So. Me without setting off their iPhones with that high screech pitch. That's my favorite <laughs> thing to do when they don't text me back. All of a sudden they get this. I'm like, yeah, you all. You should have texted wait, me. Wait, I rewind. What is that? So if your kids also, anyone who has an iPhone in your family, you can set up like iPhone family. Okay. And then I can see where their iPhone is. So okay. if they get home, I can see their home, but they still haven't texted me and told me they're home. Oh. And then they don't answer the phone because they're children who never talk on the phone. Okay. So I can hit a make noise button and their iPhone starts oh making God. it make noise. I, so we'll make a list I, of all I, the I, things oh, you yeah, can learn. Yeah, I the JCC. Like you name it, I've set that thing off. It's awesome. So with a video doorbell, you know they're home. I know they're home. Yeah. But I can't embarrass them. That way. But do you but does the person have to ring the doorbell? You have to ring the doorbell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean you can they if can't you, knock if you get like right now it says someone's at your front door. Okay. Um and that's the motion out. sensor. So I can swipe this and see who's at my front door. But if they ring the doorbell, it gives me an option to accept the okay. call. It's like okay. a call. Okay. You can accept Got or it. deny it. And uh, if I accept it, it opens up two-way audio communication okay. and one-way video, or I can cancel You have a big it. dog barking in the background. Yeah. yeah. Like well, like near July 4th, my husband had a big flag on the porch for July 4th. It's so suburban. And the flag kept waving, and I'm like, okay, look, either I turn off the motion sensor or move the flag, please. And what's the name of it again? What's the brand name? It's the Ring Video Doorbell. I feel like there's a great thriller in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're on vacation <laughs> and you're talking yeah. to the person at your door and you're and you see Yes. We'll be leave. using that in our next with your children <laughs> trapped Thank you very inside. much. Right. All right, Julie. Um <laughs> I am gonna talk about as a mom and just a person a book uh, that I loved called I Will Always Write Back. Um, that is a real it's 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 real it's a real story about a girl in suburban Philadelphia who was paired up with a pen pal in Zimbabwe and their relationship that developed um, and really incredibly powerfully changed both of their lives and both of their families' lives um, and it's something that now I want to read to my kids and for you people whose children are, are reading themselves, I think I think everyone could benefit. It really rocked my world and opened my eyes to um, 
so much uh, about being being an American and what we take for granted and what our children, I think, take for granted. And it's really a beautiful story that um, I highly recommend. It's called I Will Always Write Back. That sounds good. We'll link to it on our Facebook. And it's written by, um, well, the the two, I've also all also read it um but liz welsh is the writer and she wrote it with the the two the 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 martin gande i think his name is from zimbabwe and uh caitlin i can't remember she has a married name yes it's like as it's a it's a complicated last name but anyhow it is fantastic i agree um and a quick read i have also been on a reading little reading kick lately and I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying um, I don't know if you've ever talked about the Elena Ferrante books no. Um, no. well there's a trilogy um, that she wrote she's an Italian writer who is translated into English by uh, a New Yorker editor named Anne Goldstein there's a trilogy of books called the Neapolitan novels they're fantastic I've read them all and the fourth is coming out in September um, it's she. It's very hard to describe the books um, and what's so fantastic about them. But I'll just say read read the first one is called My Brilliant Friend, and it's it's really about. I mean, it's 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 a very uh, it's a sweeping expansive expansive set of books um, about the central story is this, um, this friendship, this female friendship, um, between these two girls, starts in girlhood, goes throughout their lives. Sounds very soft and beautiful, and it's actually not. It's pretty dark and, um, at brutal times at times, oh. because it's set in, it begin. their story begins in, uh, in Naples in the 40s, and it's really riveting. And I've just, I just want to add that I just bought. I'm. I'm. I was hungry for more, so I picked up another one of her books called *The Lost Daughter*, and I just started reading it. And that's really about motherhood. And I've. I have to say, I've never read a more honest and sort of unflinching account of motherhood in my life. And I, I, I'm just captivated hmm. by her. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Those I sounds need like, a good book. Are you Kindle, like are you no, Kindle ladies or book books? Book Mostly books. book books. Me too. I, 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 went, I had a Kindle kit. Moment. <laughs> Moment. I lost my charger and that was that. So <laughs> now I'm back to books. No, <laughs> oh, see, if they're on my Kindle, I actually read them because oh, it's with me. They're um, on my phone. I yeah, only read I, book books. Yeah. I, like I just don't enjoy it the same way. Yeah. I still need the newspaper in my yeah. hands. I still yeah. need to see where it falls on the page. Yeah. I also want to go back to it sometimes. And on a Kindle, I found, oh, I can't. I right. can never mm. find where mm. I was. Right. All right. I'm going so lowbrow after that. <laughs> um, so uh, there's a mom blogger named Tian Kim Lam. Um, and she is a wonderful book blogger. Actually, she's an amazing book blogger. But she also, on the side, um, is a <laughs> big sex toy blogger. So she put a post up this week on Momtastic of the best vibrators of 2015, which I thought was the funniest oh title, God, like the best movie. <laughs> and I was like, that's we're only, but we're right. only in July. How do you know? And <laughs> she's like, working very hard. She said, I tried them all, so you didn't have to. Yeah. Um, and it's actually like a really great article because she really reviews them. It's like a CNET. Takes it very yeah. She takes it totally seriously. Like she has them broken down by like what they kind of each can do on their own or 
with a partner. Reports. It really is. Yelp it's reviews. such a great article. <laughs> so when she put it up on so Facebook, weary. I was like, oh, you have to come on the podcast. I'm hoping she's going to come on. <laughs> Actually, we're going to talk about it. We'll have a very different kind of podcast one episode. But I I think, would you ladies like to join? <laughs> yes, that'll be the so best hilarious. pictures ever. Facebook will probably like ban our episode that week. But um, I highly actually will definitely link to it on our Facebook yes. page and get lots of likes. Uh, but I really do recommend it because she really does this great job of like if you're like a newbie or if you kind of oh. know what you're doing or if you want to use it with your partner like it's it's very comprehensive it's and very she comprehensive. has her own site yeah what? she used to have a site so I always thought she was a to- when I first met her I thought she was a toy blogger because it was well, Kim's well, toys sex toys right, yeah, right. And, right. I was and, like, and it's called mom this site is called momtastic and she's okay. like a regular writer okay. for them and they kind of cover all these to do this on the side she, this is like her her this books and okay. sex toys. Okay. And also What's food. her name? <laughs> her name is Tian Kim Lam. Sometimes okay. she just goes by Kim Lam. We'll link to her wow. from our Facebook page so you can okay. see the article. I think of all the things we talked about today, that's the thing everyone's going to yeah. That's like the one. Goodbye. It's funny. I once wrote an article. It's the best image. I, at Mashable, I wrote an article on the new the new breed of connected sex toys. Oh. You know, what all the ones. Mean? And I have to tell you. There trying, were a couple that had an app. Trying like, to connect <laughs> your, your smartphone via Bluetooth what? to a vibrator Wait, is like, why? forget it. The whole idea. So, I mean, forgive you should me. read the article. I don't want to mangle her awesome reviews, but <laughs> it was that like your partner would control the vibrator via an app when you're not even together. Uh, which was From another country. <laughs> which seemed totally oh like that's a whole your, other, yeah. Forget Bluetooth. Yes. Like it was a wow. whole other thing. Oh so anyway, well, that's phone sex on that note. Um, thank you so much for being thank here. For this was so much this fun. Was thank great. you. So much fun to have you. The show is on Bravo. You can watch it. I demand. watch it on demand, so I don't yes. even know what it's Monday great. nights at 10. Is it Monday at 10? Yes. Okay, it's if like my DVR is just set, and then I watch it yes. and uh, maybe help us get a season yes. two. But oh, you have to get demand. a season two. Watching on demand Watching on demand is awesome, and you get the extra after, which Ooh, I highly true. recommend. Okay. You get the little behind the scenes, even though they don't want to watch it. Julia and Lisa are never watching it. It's more important that you're watching it than we're watching. Yes, we absolutely love it. I didn't get to the... I can't believe Jill dances around in her underwear question and has a body like that after having those kids. That's what everyone said. It was I a big know. Facebook post. It's and everyone loved upsetting. her tattoos. Everyone's like super into her. So let her know. Good. <laughs> we will. We will. Um, thank you, Andrea. Thanks, Amy. Thank you for having us. Yes. Oh, thank you for joining us. Yes. Really fun. So check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Parenting Bites. Of course, on iTunes, Parenting Bites. Subscribe. It's like the on-demand thing. It helps us. If you subscribe, Ooh, then other I people find us on know. iTunes. Rate us. Review us. If it's good, if it's not good, then please don't. don't. Yeah, we don't need to hear from you. <laughs> well, but email we don't need us. your snarky thing. Email us and tell us. Um, and and on play it, where you can find Parenting Bites and all of the CBS podcasts. Until next week, bye. 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 bye.